As the word was being shared this morning, you know, I almost felt like a substitute teacher. You know, you just keep asking me questions and pretty soon we'll get out of class. But I caught on to you guys. As we were, <clears throat> as we were worshiping, you know, when Jasmine was reading the story about, or before we were worshiping, when Jasmine was reading the story about Elijah, I think it's important and it's very good to relate that story to us. Not just that moment, but his story. So what happened in the previous chapter is that Elijah announces that there's going to be a drought. And he tells Ahab that it won't happen, it won't end until I say it. So automatically Ahab, which is a very wicked king, Ahab did not hesitate on being wicked. Remember we talked a few weeks ago, or maybe it was last week about God, or I think it was a couple weeks ago about God over the land and how, how the land was tied to, to God and their worship of God. That it was this land that he was watching over and we related that to our homes or where we live, but, but it was this land. And, and so Israel and Judah were under God's supervision. But Ahab did not even hesitate to allow other gods to come in. And matter of fact, he ended up marrying Jezebel, who was a foreigner and brought in her gods into this land that is supposed to be given to the 12 tribes of Israel. And so Ahab was a wicked king, very evil. He was the most wicked. And he married Jezebel. And so Elijah tells Ahab, listen, there's not going to be any more rain until I say it. So immediately there is an opposition, there is a hatred towards Ahab and Elijah. And Elijah knows this, but he has the Lord on his side. He has the Lord on his side. And so, so then he leaves and he goes and he goes by this brook. And God tells him that, that there will be a bird there that will supply their food. And he did what the Lord told him. This is chapter 17. And in the morning, the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. So here, Elijah is pronouncing a drought, but God says, I'm going to take care of you. And he sends this bird, the raven, to come and to supply his food and his, his bread. My wife made some homemade buns yesterday. Mmm. They, you could just smell. That. So I imagine when Elijah woke up, he said, what? Look at that, you know? It was, it, it was bread. It was probably wrapped in one of those Wonder Bread packages, you know? I mean, it was, you know, you need that Wonder Bread. And so, so it was just bread, and he had some meat, you know, and it was just beautiful. But just stop and think about that for a moment. This is a supernatural thing that just happened. God provided for him in the midst of this drought. So then, as the story continues on, and finally, after a long time, in the third year, just chapter 18, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab. So he finds one of these prophets, and he says, hey, tell Ahab that I'll meet him. And the prophet's like, don't you like me, man? 
because the Lord may take you here or there. And if I tell Ahab you're here and the Lord takes you somewhere else, I'm going to die. He says, no, 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 I'll meet him. And then you had the battle of Mount Carmel that was referenced this morning by Pastor Warner. And this amazing sight where, first of all, Elijah knows that he is a prophet of God. Elijah knows that God is with him. Elijah knows that God has supplied his need, given him food when he needed, that, 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 that the rain stopped when he spoke it. God knows, or Elijah knows that, that God is with him. And, and then all of a sudden you have this, this whole mountaintop, scene where all these prophets come and they're doing everything they can to make the fire come down but nothing happens and Elijah's just there watching and finally when it's his turn he makes it even more difficult for God to do this but then when he prays all of a sudden fire comes down from heaven and consumes this altar and everyone is just in awe of what God has done how would you feel at this moment how would you feel when you are being vindicated for your faith and your belief in the God Most High? I don't know about you, but I'll be, I'll be pretty stoked, man. I'll be, I'll be like, yeah, go ahead. What you got to say? My God is good, and he loves me. You know, like my son Tony says, God loves me more. <laughs> you know, he, just, he does that just to get on to us. But, but, you know, hey, you got to be pretty happy that God is with me. He listens to me. He shows up when I need him the most. Could you imagine if you were a prophet of Baal? Well, the one that survived or, or maybe one that was watching. What would you think? Elijah's God is real. Elijah's God is powerful. Elijah's God hears him and moves on his behalf. You got to be floating on cloud nine. You got to be just feeling so good. Look at at the end of the chapter, verse 45, and, and uh, if you have your Bible, you can turn there, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 45. Verse 45 says, Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, and the wind rose, and heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. And the power of the Lord came on Elijah and tucked his cloak into his belt. He ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Not only is Elijah at this point where he is so excited because God is on his side but God gave him some food and he ate and he outran a horse and a chariot I was never the fastest kid when I was growing up I never was involved in any competitions for racing one day I was in trouble with my dad and and my dad looked at me and he you know, my dad had one of those wind-up arms. And every time you turn the handle, it just went back. And I saw that my dad was ready to just light me on fire. And my dad wound back and went to go smack me right on the butt. But I moved. Ended up breaking the table. Pow! And I looked at the table, and I looked at my dad, and I just, something inside of me, just, it was like the voice of God. Run. Man, I booked it. That was the only day I remember where I outran my dad, and I was gone. He was not catching me. You know, then he realized that you know, I would be back for dinner, and then he would deal, would deal with me then. But, but I, I ran, and I'll tell you, there's something that you know, when you have 
you know, uh, fear or anxiety, you know, the, uh, the adrenaline is pumping through your blood. You can just move, man. You know the stories where grandmas lift cars off their kids and people are able to do some amazing things when that adrenaline is going. But this was supernatural. Elijah outran a horse and a chariot. Elijah had to know that God was with him. Elijah had to know that the power of God went with him. Elijah had to know that the God of heaven who created all of this place was listening to him because when he asked for him, when he said, God, would you send fire down on this altar? It happened. He had to know that God was with him. Then comes chapter 19. What a turn of events that was going to happen. It says, now Ahab took Jezebel, told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. And Elijah, listen, look at the verse 3. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. And when he came to um, Beersheba in Judah, he left his servants there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and he came into a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. Have I done not have ha, I have had enough, Lord? He said, Take my life. I am no better than any of my ancestors. And then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. Look at this turn of events that has just happened. You've had all of these great things that have happened. Elijah knows that God is with him. Elijah knows that he is the man that God has chosen. And he has seen miracle after miracle. His favor is upon him. God is with his words, holding the rain back. God has provided a miracle of feeding and taking care of him. God gives him the ability to outrun the chariot and a horse. And now and he sees that God has moved on his behalf with the altar. And now he hears that the wife of the king wants him dead and what does he do he runs because he's afraid and he goes and then he has everyone stay put and he goes a day longer and he goes out by himself and that's when he said i've had enough lord he said take my life i'm no better than my ancestors had enough I think it's important to understand why we need each other. Because Elijah made a couple mistakes here. First of all, Elijah forgot who God was. And we do this all the time in our life. I do this. Even as a man who tries his hardest to trust and believe God, I sometimes forget who he is and what he has done and what he can do and what he will do and what he promised. I just read in my journal this morning. I was reading in my journal this morning as I was finishing up my prayer time and my Bible reading and I was sitting, on this day, I was sitting with a group of pastors at a meeting. And as I'm sitting there with these group of pastors in this meeting and just going through business, the Lord whispered something to me. He said, stay with me. 
And I'm in this meeting. And, and you know, they're talking business and all this. And, and this was several years ago. But I'm in this meeting, and the Lord whispers to me, stay with me. Stay with me. So I go home from the meeting, and, and whenever the Lord tells me something or, or something happens, and I write it down because I like to keep track. And I wrote down the year 2020. I'm in a meeting, and the Lord whispered to me, stay with me. And I always put the latest things on the bottom. And then on that day, seven years earlier, on March 6th, the Lord showed up in my office, 2013. Oh, no, it's longer. No, it was 20, so 2013. Seven years before that, on that day, the Lord said to me in prayer, if you stay with me, if you stay with me, I will be your God. Never forget that I am the great I am. And that whatever you need from me, I am that God. I am your God. I am with you. Stay with me. It blew my mind this morning. Because here I just read a little thing that the Lord whispered to me. But I forgot that seven years before that, the Lord told me that if I stay with him, that he will be my God. If I just stay with him. We forget that if we just stay close to God and stay with him, nothing is going to hurt you. Nothing is going to, to be worse than if you just stay with him. He's going to be there. He's going to supply. He's going to take care. He's going to encourage. You may still have to go through hell on earth. Don't get me wrong. You may still have to go through the consequences of the things that are a part of this world. I understand that. But if you stay with God, how better it will be if you just stay with him. And the Lord told me, stay with me in 2020. Why? Because I forgot. Because I remember sitting in that meeting. And I remember one of the guest speakers was there. And he was this pastor. And he had this nice suit. And he was in this nice suit. And all, all good looking. And he had displays and you could tell this man had money and he said and he looked at all of us and he says if any of you are going through poverty you are not in the will of God and I just smiled and said man I want to punch you right in the mouth and I felt horrible because God was asking us to do something we didn't want to do but we believed we obeyed and we were in poverty. And at that moment when I felt the worst, the Lord whispered to me, stay with me. The Bible says in Proverbs that the poverty, poverty is ruin of the poor. That poverty is the ruin of the poor. And I remember reading that and I said, God, why would you allow poverty in my life? It ruins he says, read it again. He says, and so I read it again, and I realized what God was saying. You may be in poverty, but that's not who you are. You may be in a crisis, but that's not who you are. You may be in trouble. You may be afraid. You may be going through times where it is hard, 
But that's not who you are. And don't let that moment ruin you. And then I remember in Revelation where the Lord was talking to a church and he says, though they call you poor, you are not. And so when I'm in this meeting and this guy is condemning everyone who's in poverty because this guy's got a nice suit and he's got a nice car and he's, he's got nice little presentation tools and you can just see money dripping off there. Here I am in a pair of jeans I had for four years. My wife can sew. She's good. And I'm sitting there and I'm just had a barely enough gas to get there and I'm sitting there and the Lord whispers, stay with me. Because there are times like Elijah, we forget that God is going to ask us to do things we don't understand. God is going to put us in situations we don't want. But if we stay with him, he is going to write the story that brings glory to him. He is going to write the story where people will look at you and say, that's got to be God. Stay with him. Remember him. Elijah heard that there was a bounty on his head and he was afraid and he ran for his life. Elijah was so caught up in the moment, all he could see was the results of what she wanted, but forgot that God had a plan and he will do what he wants. You must stay with the Lord and remember. That's why I love listening to testimonies. That's why I love listening to faith. And I'm not talking about faith, you know, that you, know, you, you turn to a TV evangelist and they always say, oh, great faith, great faith. No, I'm talking about real faith. Because there's real faith and then there's TV faith. There's real faith that goes through the grind, that goes through those moments and you're working it through. You're working it through. Okay, God, I don't understand. I don't understand. But I'll stay with you. I'll hold on to you. You know, as we think about the moments of David, King David, and all the great moments that he had, we also have to read the complete story, right? And he had some pretty bad moments too. Moments where his son tried to kick him out of the kingdom. Moments where he let down his guard and end up cheating and end up killing the husband because he got the wife pregnant. But David stayed with God because he knew he was a just God, a righteous God, a God who was forgiving, a God who was faithful, a God who was going to bring about his will and his life. You got to stay with him. You can't forget it. And that's why I love when David wrote in Psalm 52 right after he committed adultery with Bathsheba that that psalm is about his repentance. He says, create in me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit in me. And cast me not away from thy presence. Restore the joy of salvation. Restore the joy. From Detroit, we say restore the roar. But I'll tell you, that may never come true. But restoring the joy of thy salvation will. You cannot let the moments of the past... Or the things of the moment change your faith and your trust that God is still God. Stay with him. Be with him. And declare that my God will forgive me of my sins. My God will part the sea. My God will tear the walls down. My God will move on my behalf. But Elijah forgot that and he ran. He ran. That was the first mistake. The second mistake 
It says, when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servants there, in verse 4, and while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to the broom bush and sat under the tree and prayed that he might die. The mistake that he made was this. He went by himself. He went by himself. That's a very dangerous time for us when we are going through a hard moment and we try to do it on our own. It's a hard moment. We put ourselves in a situation that is not beneficial for us. Elijah left his servants and went a day ahead. Sometimes we just need people around us, and God uses people. Now, listen, the Holy Spirit can speak to us, and don't, I'm not trying to, to neglect moments where we, we are alone, and God enters those moments, and he speaks to us. But Elijah left his servants there. Because I think this, is, this might have happened. Imagine if Elijah is there with his servants, and his servants are there to serve him. That's their master. That's the one they believe in. That's the one who says, hey, you know, if Elijah says, hey, I, I want some goat's milk. No problem. I got it, master. Goes out, gets the goat's milk, bring it back, slaps a USDA real milk sticker on it and says, there you go. Right? These are his servants. These are people that are there to, there to take care of their master. And here's what I think would have happened. This is just my own opinion here. It's not in scripture. But if Elijah would have been there with the servants and said, I'm done. I had enough. I'm just tired of this. Master, don't you remember when you were on the mountain and all those other gods, they failed. But when you spoke to the one that you believe in, he moved. Master, don't you remember that, that when you were there and you woke up and God delivered food and gave you meat? And he did it with birth. Master, don't you remember that God has put a call on your life? Don't you remember that God who called you is the same one who created this place? Is the same one who saved Noah in a boat? Is the same one who, who allowed all of these miracles to happen and established us as a people in a land that didn't belong to us? The one that brought Abraham out of a rebellion into a promised land and now we are here? Master! There was one time when uh, we were in our apartment just down the road and, and I was frustrated and sitting there and uh, I didn't really have a place to pray in my private closet so it was right there in the living room and my wife was sleeping upstairs and I'm just having a moment with God just sobbing like a baby don't tell anyone but I was sobbing like a baby because I had one of those moments, I had enough. I'm done, Lord. I'm done. And my wife decides to wake up at this moment and just walks right into my prayer closet. Because obviously the baby needs milk and got to go to the kitchen to get it. So she walks by. She didn't even look at me. She didn't even look at me. And I'm like, <laughs> looking at her. And she just walks in the closet. She goes, what's wrong? I said, I, I just need God to do something. You think he will? Yeah. What are you crying about? And goes off and feeds the baby. And I'm like, why is my wife more of a man than I am right now, God? Why? Because when we're by ourselves, we let our mind run and we let our thoughts run and we forget. Sometimes God needs 
to bring people along our side to remind us it's going to be okay. I can't promise you everything is going to be good, but I can promise you that the one who can make it good will be with you to the very end. The one who will never abandon you and leave you or forsake you will always be with you. Elijah went off by himself, and he let all these thoughts run wild. This morning, I, I do believe it's important that we never forget who God is, that we stay with him. We remember who he is, and that we don't do it by ourselves. It's okay to admit that you're weak. It's okay to admit that you're going through a hard moment. We all go through them. We all go through them. You don't have to do it on your own. And if you need a friend, you need someone to talk to, just to share, that's, that's, do it because you're not by yourself. We are the family of God. We are there for each other. We're always going to be there for each other. Why? Because God has done that for us and will do that for each other. You have mountaintop experiences. You have the highs but you also have the lows. And when you go through the lows, stay with God. And don't forget who he is. And number two, let people encourage you. Don't hide your true feelings or your emotions. Let people help you. Don't do it on your own. 